I love God's word. Oh, it is just quick. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And that word quick means alive. You know, the word's alive. And that life of God changes us when we hear it. So um, tonight it's going to make you alive. Amen? And it's going to make you sharp. Praise God. And so just get ready. Hallelujah. Uh, this is going to be part three of um, a series that I've been doing. And uh, the name of the series is Have Good Success. And, of course, we know that comes from Joshua. And we'll read it really quickly. And we'll review for just a minute. And then we'll get into some new material tonight. Um, I just felt led a couple of maybe months ago now, that I should cover some things about success and how God wants us to walk with him. And, you know, God's very victorious. I mean, if you walk with him, you're going to experience a lot of victory because he's a victorious God. And he wants us to walk that way in victory. That doesn't mean you're not going to have battles. That doesn't mean the devil, you know, is not going to try to do some things and or make uh, some things hard. But I'm telling you, when you lean on the Lord, he always comes through. He always comes through. I'm so glad you sang that tonight, Ruby. Because through it all, I can testify to that, and I know you can too. Through it all, he we've learned to trust in his word, and he comes through. So Joshua chapter 1, we'll read here first of all in verse, in verse 8. Um, he encourages Joshua to be strong and, and very courageous, that he would prosper in what it, wherever he went. And then look at verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. It's important to put it in your mouth, isn't it? But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So the name of this series is Have Good Success. God wants us to have good success. Now, the first um, part of this, we talked about wisdom and how wisdom is linked with the blessing, with prosperity in the Bible. And so uh, if any man lack wisdom, the Bible says, let him ask of God. And it's very easy to obtain wisdom uh, simply by asking God. Many times he'll direct you to his word. Yes. You know, uh, he'll share a scripture with you or he'll share uh, something that happened in the Old Testament or the New Testament. He'll bring you back to the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. You know, the other day we, we were experiencing a, a, a funeral and some death and, you know, and uh then this week, you know, again, some friends of ours. And and uh, so I was just meditating on the word, you know, just want, really wanting to get lifted up a little bit by the Lord. And he said, I am I am your substitution. I took all that on me so that you could live free. Amen. He he took he carried it all. Praise God. And um and not just sickness and disease, but he took poverty and lack too. Yes, and when you get to feeling down and circumstances happen, um, my one of my best friends died. I mean, it's really suddenly and uh, he'll take depression from you. 
Amen? He bore that in the substitutionary work. And uh, mental anguish, sorrow, and even grief. Now, I know uh, that, you know, we... We do grieve, we experience loss, but the Bible says we don't grieve like the world does. Amen? We experience loss because our loved ones move on to heaven. Um, and we miss them, but praise God, we know where they are. Amen? And we'll be there all together again. Hallelujah. So we see here um, that wisdom and prosperity run hand in hand. In fact... The Bible says that in the right hand of wisdom is long life. In the left hand of wisdom is riches and honor. So God is all, he's the all wise one. He's the wisdom of, you know, of, of ages. And that's who we need. Uh, there is a wisdom the Bible talks about that comes from man, but it is foolish. It's devilish and, um, so we don't want to get involved in that. We want to get involved in God's wisdom. Amen. And I'm telling you, you've obtained it many times through prayer and the word. I don't know how else you would get it, but prayer and the word, right? Um, and then the last time we talked about the blessing. And we're going to cover just a little bit of it for those of you who weren't here last time. Um, we're starting with Proverbs 10:22. Proverbs 10:22. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord. Now we're talking about having good success, right? The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. So we see the blessing. And I drew a little line in my Bible. It is talking about the blessing. It maketh rich. The blessing of the Lord on your life will lead you to a place of abundance and prosperity. The blessing does. And the blessing is not, you know, sometimes we use it to say if somebody sneezes, God bless you. Or we'll say the blessing at dinner and breakfast and lunch. And and that's fine. All those things are fine. However, the blessing is very powerful. And sometimes it's diminished by, you know, God bless you when you sneeze. Uh, we don't mean to diminish it, but it, it can be diminished at those times. So we have to get into the word and know the emphasis on the blessing is amazing from Genesis all the way to Revelation. I'm telling you, it is an empowerment from God. And when you when you read the word blessing, maybe you should just say out loud empowerment, you know, empowered by God. I am empowered by God. And, and if we read it here, the empowerment of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. So empowered to prosper and to succeed. That's what the word blessing means. Now, I'm telling you, the Israelis, and even to this day, if you've been to Jerusalem, if you've been to the Holy Land, you see the blessing on the people of, of the Old Testament. But the good news is the blessing, uh, according to Galatians chapter 3, has, uh, 13, has come on the Gentiles. Now that's us. Amen. It has come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So Jesus made it possible for us to enter into a covenant with God that has all the 
wonderful benefits and blessings of the Old Testament plus more. Because in the Old Testament, they couldn't be born again. They couldn't be saved. Jesus hadn't died for them on the cross. But in the New Testament, all of us can be saved. Jew, Gentile, amen. And um, it doesn't matter, man, woman, child, doesn't matter race or anything. If you call on the name of the Lord, the Bible says you'll be saved. Hallelujah. And so when he comes in, in your heart and makes you born again, then you're born of God. You have a different spirit before you were really a child of the devil. Um, but when you become born again, you become a child of God. And the Bible says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so we need to learn about our new way of living through the word. That's the only way you can find out who you are in Christ is to get into this Bible, to get into a good local church and hear the word and hear who you are. Now, the devil doesn't want that because you become very powerful when you find out who you are in Christ. You realize the authority that you have over the devil and over all of his demonic power. And so he doesn't want that to happen. So he'll try to keep you away from church. He'll try to keep you out of the word. Oh, you don't want to read the word. Turn on the TV. You know, uh, Sleep late. Don't get up and spend time with God. Because he knows the power that you're reminded of when you hang around the word and when you hang around the church. Amen? So uh, just, you know, if the devil... Uh, doesn't want you to do something, I just am just bound to do it twice as much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, if he tells me not to tithe, I just double my tithe and put it in there just to spite the devil because um, he is defeated. Hallelujah. So we see the blessing of the Lord. It means to prosper and to succeed. Uh, then we, we have found out about Abraham and how the, his covenant with God, um, the Bible says that he would bless Abram and make his name great. So he was empowering him and making his name great. Why would he want a great name? Well, for influence. Amen. It was, it was his influence that would, would, uh, go from generation to generation. And interestingly enough, he was chosen because he would teach and train his children, you know, and pass down these truths to his children. Uh, Genesis chapter 13 says, and I'm just reviewing quickly, uh, Genesis chapter 13 said he became very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. So it's not just the richness of whatever, the unseen realm. Uh, however, it does start there in the spiritual realm, but it manifests this covenant, this blessing, this power from God manifests in the natural realm. So you see that in Abram's life. He was very rich. This is Genesis 13, 2 through 6. Very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Now, why would God write that down if it wasn't important for us to have anything? Why is he writing down how much cattle that Abram was a cattleman from Texas or somewhere, right? Why would it say, you know, silver and gold? Well, I think it is important for, you know, it's important for me to see my children blessed. 
And, and I'm not even that great of a person. God's the greatest that's ever been. He wants to see his children blessed. Amen? Uh, so we see then that... Um, uh, it, you know, passed down to not even not just to uh, Isaac and to Jacob, but also Sarah. God visited her and said, "I will bless her, and I will give her a son also. I will bless her and changed her name, put put his name. You know, it's Jehovah, and put his name in the middle of Abraham's name, Abraham, and then Sarah. He he." When he made covenant with them, he changed their name and put his name in there. And that's how much he wants to be one with us. And I think about that today because we're called Christians, right? And uh, we've taken on the name of Jesus. And so um, that's how much he wants uh, us to walk in this kind of victory. So we let's look at I don't know if we covered this last time. I don't think we had time, but look at Genesis chapter 26. And if we we're not going to stay all night, if we just review the whole time, it's good. Sometimes it's good just to go over and over. <laughs> I mean, I've I've probably preached this no telling how many times in my life. And I just get so excited every time I look at it because you know how much God wants to provide. And the devil's a liar because he'll tell you there's not enough. There won't ever be enough. If you've lost something, you won't ever get it back. If you, if you were lived in a prosperity time in your life and then you lost everything, which I can testify to, I've been there, then you won't ever have anything. You know, God's not, you know, going to do that much for you ever again. And, and the devil will lie. Amen. And, and God's greatest, I think, one of his greatest attributes is restoration. He specializes in restoration. And so he can do more than has ever been done in the past. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Isn't that great news? Because people would start thinking, if, well, if I get older, then I really won't have any money. Well, you've got God and he's got all the money in the world. All the silver and all the gold belongs to God. So let's start thinking a little differently. I love Caleb. You know, Caleb in the Bible, he was 85 years old. 85. And he said, wait a minute, I have an inheritance here. Moses said I could have that mountain over there. (laughs) Remember? And so Joshua said, okay, it's yours. Praise God. 85 years old. Got a new mountain I can... I can cultivate and build on and and have a new family or whatever. I love that kind of spirit. We're not supposed to be slowing down. I don't know where that came from. We're supposed to be speeding up because we don't have a whole long time left on the earth. And so God's moving mightily for older people, not less and less. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm excited. So, um, So we see... Uh, Isaac in, in chapter 26, look at verse one. And there was a famine in the land. Now this is bad. This is not just a recession or inflation. This is a famine where people are starving. There's not enough food. And Isaac went up to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, into Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, go not down to Egypt because he was going to go find a new place. 
dwell in the land which I should tell of thee. And he probably thought, oh, this is going to be good. (laughs) You know, I'm going to really find a really nice land to dwell in. And he said, sojourn in this land. Stay right where you are. Isn't that something? Stay right in the land of famine, God. Are you sure? This is where I'm supposed to be, where there's poverty and there's lack and there's people starving. No, he said, be here in this land and I will be with thee and I will bless thee. Because, you know, if God's with you, it doesn't matter where you, it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of a fiery furnace with three Hebrews. If God's there with you, you don't burn up and you come out and you don't even smell like smoke. Isn't that amazing? I mean, used to when that people get smoke places, you just walk in the restaurant and walk out and you smelt like smoke, even if you weren't a smoker. Remember those days? And I used to think, they were thrown in a fiery furnace that had been heated up seven times more because the guy was really mad and didn't even smell like smoke when they came out of it. Now, that's God, isn't it? And so we can go through situations like this famine and come out of it and not even, people not even know what we've been through. Mother used to tell me, she'd say, Scarlett, I I don't think people know what you've been through because of the way you act. I said, well, you know what? God's just given me the victory. Amen. Amen. It didn't matter how bad. Now, I'm telling you, there were some times where I had some tears and some crying and whatever. But basically... When you know God is with you, no matter what, no matter who does what to you, no matter how horrible they are or how lousy they are or how much they steal or whatever, you just think, I got God. (laughs) And it's just amazing, isn't it? And I'm not, I'm not trying to say I'm all that in a bag of chips. I'm just saying I'm glad that, that God told him, just stay here and I'll be with you. Just stay, just stay put. And I will be with you and, what does it say, I will bless thee. There's the blessing. There's the blessing right there in this horrible land of famine. And it says in verse 4, And I will make thee thy seed to multiply as the stars of the heaven, and I will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And then it says in verse 6, And Isaac dwelt in Gerar. He stayed right there. Now, what happened next? Well, the Bible says in verse 12, Then Isaac sowed in that land, in the land of famine. He sowed and received in the same year of famine a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Kept blessing, kept blessing, the blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich and adds no sorrow to it. So we see here that verse 13, and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great for he had possessions. Notice this. He had possessions. Oh, well, God wouldn't like that. If you had a lot of stuff, God wouldn't like that. Well, evidently he does. Because he said he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, and a great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. You know, there's the blessing and then there's the jealousy. (laughs) The Bible said, well, Jesus said that 
if you when you when you serve him that you will receive a hundredfold return now in this time and it says doesn't say wives but it says <laughs> brothers and sisters and you know goes on down the line and then the last thing it says with persecution yeah. with persecution People are, aren't always so happy when you get blessed and when you're prosperous. But that's just part of, you know, the human mind of jealousy, etc. But I'm telling you, the Bible teaches us to rejoice with people when they're rejoicing. Amen? The Bible way is to be happy for somebody. And, and, and you know, when, when we're in a line like at Disney World and, and somebody's getting their ice cream cone and, you know, we're four people back... We shouldn't get mad at them when they get theirs. We should say, that's one less person in line, and I'm three now. Amen? So if God's blessing somebody in the front of the line, just know you're in the line. It's happening. Amen? He's no respecter of persons. And if you stay in the line and just stay faithful to God and just rejoice with that person that got their ice cream already, then you'll get yours. Amen? Hallelujah. God is good. He's good. And so here we see that the blessing of the Lord was upon Isaac. And even though terrible things tried, you know, to transpire, God delivered him. And uh, so then we move on down to Jacob in Genesis chapter 30. We won't go through all the story. A lot of you know what happened to Jacob. And um, so we won't mention all that. But there was a point in time where he wanted to leave Laban, his father-in-law, and go and do his own thing. And, you know, Laban tried to trick him and say, well, you know, you can have the spotted and speckled. I'll take the solid cows. And then he took the spotted and speckled over and put them on some more land away from Jacob. So God gave instructions to Jacob to put the rods and to, to make them spotted and speckled rods and put them at the watering trough. And then uh, God will always give you ideas. <laughs> and sometimes you'll think, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> you know, um, sometimes he'll just speak so softly what to do in a situation. And in, sometimes you think, is that God? Is that God telling me to do that? Well, usually you wouldn't think about doing something, you know, like that. It's a little bit out of the ordinary. Amen. Um, we were instructed to give some money to somebody not too long ago. And, you know, we did it. And it was quite a lot for us, but we knew the Lord wanted us to do it. And then we had a huge return on our giving two weeks later. I mean, it was amazing. And we didn't even, it wasn't even like, well, we're planting this and believe in God. We didn't, we just obeyed the Lord, you know. And, um, and so God is, he's, I just believe that he's directing us in these ways and we need to listen carefully, not to the outside all the time, but to the inside. Amen. Listen to your spirit. Listen to the Holy Ghost. He will not direct you wrong. And so this is weird that Jacob had this idea to put these spotted, spotted and speckled rods and make them look like spotted and speckled cattle and put it at the watering trough where they go to drink water probably twice a day or more. And uh, so these solid cows start looking at this, and they start having spotted, spotted and speckled cows. 
And his herds multiplied. His herds increased. And look at verse, uh, this is Genesis 30, verse 42. And the man, talking about Jacob, increased exceedingly. Now this is a third generation that keeps increasing. Abraham, blessed. The blessing of Abraham. And then Isaac, we saw Sarah. Isaac, blessed. In the land of famine, blessed exceedingly. Now here comes Jacob, blessed exceedingly. You know, it would probably be good right now in your notes to put, I am exceedingly blessed. I am exceedingly blessed. Amen? Start saying that about yourself. I'm increasing exceedingly. Hallelujah. Not because I'm so great and smart and wonderful. It's because Jesus is so great and smart and wonderful. That's the thing. Amen? The man increased exceedingly and had much cattle, much cattle, and maidservants, and men servants, and camels, and asses. So all these assets that were huge back then, and would be probably huge now, he had. Praise the Lord. So we see, and then, you know, we've talked about Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, that the blessing of Abraham, let's read it. I just, I just think it just solidifies, uh, our, uh, position in the blessing. Okay, Galatians chapter 3, look at verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Now that means that anything ugly, debt, poverty, uh, cancer, COVID, all this horribleness that's going on, um, that God, you know, his plan was to put all of that on Jesus, which he did. He put the curse on Jesus so that the blessing, look at verse 14, so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So Jesus took all of that, just like the the scapegoats and the, you know, way back in, in the the spotted the, the lamb without spot or blemish, was taken and sacrificed. Jesus was taken and sacrificed for us. Amen? For us. He took all of it so we don't have to. So when there's something in my life that I, you know, notice that's wrong, I'll say, no, 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 Satan, Jesus took it. Jesus took it already. I don't have to have it in my body. I don't have to have it in my mind. I don't have to have it in my finances. I don't, I don't receive that. I've been delivered out of the power of darkness and translated over into the kingdom of his dear son. That's Jesus kingdom, the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, and so we realize that we've been crucified with Christ and we've been raised with him in victory. Hallelujah. And we don't have to put up with the devil or the curse. If it's a part of the curse, you don't have to have it. You're blessed. Amen. And I'm telling you, it's good to tell yourself that during the day. I'm a blessed woman. I'm blessed by God. Amen. I'm a, uh, our marriage is blessed. Our house is blessed. Our children are blessed. Our grandchildren, our great grandchildren. We walk in the blessing of the Lord. Our church is blessed. Amen. You're blessed. Hallelujah. Um, so we see the blessing there and the empowerment. Now, 
uh, we'll read this and then we'll we'll pick up next time. Oh, we had a lot more, but you know we just go with God, right? Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight. Let's read through some of this so that you can incorporate this in your daily life. You know you. You are blessed and you activate the blessing by doing it or saying it. it you know, that's faith. Either by saying or doing. It's by saying it with, with that corresponding action or by doing it. Amen? Um, and so when you're, uh, let's go to uh, Deuteronomy 28. When you're going through your day, remind yourself of what the word says. About you, and um, don't let the devil talk you out of it. Gen- uh, Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight. Let's look at verse two. And all these blessings shall come on thee, and overtake thee, if you shall hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. In other words, listen to the Lord. Listen to what He's telling you to do. Blessed, empowered. Shall thou be in the city? That's right here in holiday, in this city, whichever city you live in. Amen. That you're empowered in the city. You are empowered to prosper in the field. Uh, your body is empowered to prosper. The fruit of your body, that means your children are empowered to prosper. The fruit of your ground, the fruit of the cattle, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Maybe you don't have a farm yard, but you have bank accounts and you have 401ks and you have, you know, some kind of securities or some kind of investments or, or whatever you're doing with your hands. If you are working right now and, and, um, you know, uh, maybe establishing your own business or maybe you need a promotion at your employment, whatever, uh, would cause increase in your life. No, the blessing of the Lord is there for you. Part of that blessing is favor too. Amen. Amen. People just look at you and they just like you. And they'll say, well, you know, what about that person right there for that promotion? You know, I just like the way they carry themselves. I like the way they smile and their joy. I mean, you don't see a lot of joy in a lot of people anymore. And so you kind of stand out, don't you? When you smile, you kind of stand out. The joy of the Lord is very powerful. And that's part of that favor on your life. So it goes on to say here that you will uh, prosper and succeed in your basket and in your store. Uh, Prosper and succeed when you come in, when you go out. Coming and going, you're blessed. Coming and going, you're empowered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we don't need to be down and out and think, well, we're not significant. We don't have anything to give. We don't have anything to offer anybody. And, you know, we're just living every day, just existing. Don't think that way. Think that I am empowered to be a blessing. Amen. God is making me a blessing every day. And I am blessed. I'm empowered to empower others. Hallelujah. And then it goes on to say, the Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. Now, I know that we're facing, you know, a lot of things in Afghanistan, a lot of things that there that are horrible, 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 horrible that's going on. And we need to pray this scripture for our brothers and sisters over there. 
There are churches over there. There are pastors over there. There's Christians. And then just for the Afghani people, I mean, even if they're not Christians, we have compassion, don't we? And we love them. And, and we pray that these enemies that rise up against them will be smitten before their face. I'm telling you, you think about Israel. You think about that six-day war, how fast God can whip up on somebody. You better know it can happen. And I'm telling you, the power of God is so present. You think about the, the, the battle that Joshua was faced with and they were running out of daylight and they couldn't, you know, lose the daylight or they would lose the battle. So Joshua spoke to the sun and the moon and said, stand still. And it did. It stood still for a whole day so that they could finish their battle. Now that's wild, isn't it? God has ways of doing things that we hadn't even thought of. Right. And, and you know, Moses is an example of that too. And Aaron and her were holding up his hands. Joshua was out there fighting. And every time his hands would get tired, you know, they'd start losing the battle. So he'd have to lift. So he got Aaron and her to lift his hands up, got a stone to sit on, and uh, they won the battle. Now, what do your hands lifted have to do with any of that? Well, it's God being involved in our lives. That's the thing, is letting God be involved in all of the plans that we make. Include Him. Let Him dictate the plan. Amen? Because I'm telling you, He can do powerful things. So uh, these enemies, God will deliver you out of the hand of the enemy. And he'll do it in a supernatural way. And I just believe that he's moving in Kabul and all those places that have been so uh, horribly taken over. And I believe we'll hear testimonies of things that the angels of God did over there. Amen. Amen. And the delivering power of the Holy Ghost because he cares for those people. It says here, they shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all thy settest thine hand to do. And he will bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God has given thee. Look at verse 11. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. The Bible says in the Amplified, for you to have a surplus of prosperity. Prosperity is not a dirty word. Rich is not a dirty word. It's Bible word. These are Bible words. We're reading from the Bible. Amen. We don't just make these things up to make it sound good. This is God's idea. And it says he'll make you have a surplus of prosperity. Plenteous in goods, in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of the land, which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his treasure the heaven to give thee rain unto the land in his season and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow. And I, I tell you, I've started saying that just in my personal life. I am not a borrower. I'm not. I'm been delivered from borrowing. That doesn't mean I didn't always not borrow, but I have been delivered from borrowing. I'm a lender now. I've declared myself a lender. Well, when have you lended anything? I don't know, but I'm becoming a lender because I'm saying that about myself. Amen. I'm the lender and not the borrower. I remember David said he asked his 
uh, Cherie's father, the father-in-law and uncles, and they were very wealthy. And he asked them, he said, tell me, you know, this is when they was very young. Tell me the secret of your prosperity and everything. And, and they said, don't ever pay interest, um, earn interest. Don't ever pay interest. In other words, don't be the, the borrower, be the lender. <laughs> and that's what had given them the wealth that they had. Isn't that interesting? Don't pay interest, earn interest. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of wisdom there. But God teaches us these things. He teaches us the way to prosperity. And he says he will lend unto many nations. We will lend and not borrow. So that's what I say about myself. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. This is the last verse. We're going to close. The head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only. Thou shalt not be beneath. If that, that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. So we are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath. Praise God, not beneath. We're not beneath the circumstances. Well, I'm just, you know, under the circumstances. No, we're not under the circumstances. We're above the circumstances, seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Amen. In him, we live and move and have our being. Praise God. Amen. Did you get anything out of it? I just get so excited about our good father. Amen. He's so good. Praise the Lord. So before we go, if you want to stand, you've been sitting a while, you can stand. But I just feel led to pray uh, for uh, the the situation in Afghanistan. And we have, uh, especially our daughter-in-law, has many friends over there. And um, we've been, of course, lifting them up. But we can pray as a church. And then, of course, for the Andrews family, too. Father, we just thank you that your hand is upon that country. We thank you, Lord, for the mighty things that have been done the last 20 years. We thank you for the Christians there. We thank you for Marilyn Hickey, her work there and in Pakistan. And we thank you for all the the people that we know that have done work there and in Christian work and and then just in in rebuilding and helping that nation. And Father, we thank you for a great deliverance, that we see a great deliverance, that we don't have to depend on the hand of man or government, but we can depend on your mighty hand to deliver and to set free and to help in time of need. And Lord, we, you know, sometimes feel helpless, but we're not because we can pray. And we thank you that you move so mightily with your holy angels to bring protection, to bring deliverance, to bring health and healing and and restoration. And we thank you for it, Lord God. And we pray uh, also for uh, Reverend Jim Andrews and, and the loss that they've had in their family. And we ask you, Lord, to help them, to strengthen them, to comfort them and to bless them in every way. Father, we ask you now in Jesus name. To, uh, to be there for them and, and wholeness and, uh, and just relief from, from grief in Jesus name. We thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. We'll see you Sunday morning. You're dismissed.